Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. All right, ladies, if you struggle with confidence or decision-making, you are going to get so much out of today's episode. Today, I am talking with Kate Croco, and she is a psychotherapist, a confidence and mindset coach, and the host of the Thinking Like a Boss podcast, and now is a published author and has a book called Thinking Like a Boss as well. Kate has coached thousands of women in one-on-one and group settings, as well as through her community, the Confident Ladies Club, and she loves to empower women to go after their dreams by helping them break down those walls and fears that have been holding them back from greatness. And today, she and I are talking all about being confident. We're talking about what it means to build up a success mindset and what you need to do to start doing that and start being confident in your decision-making process. This applies to your business and your life, and I truly believe that you are going to get so much out of this conversation, and you're going to absolutely love this episode. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, Haley. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation today. Oh, me too. I am so super excited. I think, you know, we're going to be talking all about success mindset and how to be confident and gosh, especially as women, but women in business for sure. I think confidence is a big challenge for a lot of people. So I'm super excited to give our listeners your advice and, and jump into this conversation. I think it's going to be so good. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, before we do that, tell everybody who you are and a little bit about you and definitely tell them how you got into being a confidence coach. Cause that is yeah. so cool. Yeah. So I, I think I'm actually going to start like way back, way back to where it all started, which was me being a teenager and having zero confidence at all, being a people pleaser, um, struggling with an eating disorder and feeling like I don't think I will ever be confident in my life. I don't know if this will ever happen to me. And um, yeah, really, I, I struggled my teen years. I struggled through college. And then it was when I got to grad school, I knew that I wanted to help people. I, it, I had a big heart and I went to school and got my master's in social work. And while I was there, I was sitting in a classroom and I was had never really been like super familiar with mental health. Like I had gotten my undergrad in psychology, but it wasn't something that we really talked about ever in my house. Um, so I'm sitting in the classroom during grad school and the teacher starts talking about eating disorders and like the DSM five criteria. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I think this is me. I think I might have an eating disorder. And I decided to just go to therapy and um, get healing myself. And that's really where this all started was healing myself of my eating issues, my confidence issues. Um, and then I then went on to be a therapist. Um, and through a long journey of that, um, finding the online world and finding the coaching space and realizing that I can actually help people not just with my therapy, but through my story and through my journey of healing and share with others what's worked for me, what's helped me. And that's how I became a confidence and mindset coach. And um, I guess we'll go back a little bit further again. I had out of grad school, I was working in hospitals and agencies as a social worker. I had my um, LCSW, it's a licensed clinical social worker degree. And I was just feeling really unfulfilled. And it was hard for me because I had realized I spent all of this time and money in school and 
thought that this was going to be the thing that brought fulfillment, but I realized that I really wanted something more. And what was the most fulfilling in the jobs that I was working with, working in was the one-to-one and the group work that I was doing with individuals. And the part that just did not fill me up was having a boss, um, having all of the paperwork. And um, for a lot of therapists who work in hospitals and agencies, it's probably about five to 10% of actual clinical work that you're doing with your clients and patients. And the most of it is actually like the behind the scenes, the paperwork, the billing, working on the auditing stuff. Um, And I was just feeling again, really unfulfilled. Like, you know, I thought that I had found my calling and now this wasn't what I had expected. So I just started to look outside of everything and a bunch of different events happened and sort of brought me over to just had me thinking bigger and thinking maybe I can someday start my own business. Um, And it was a huge decision to make. And through a bunch of different events, um, it led me to opening my therapy practice. And I think I was 28 years old. um, And I just sort of took the leap. And I remember not really telling people at work, feeling not in embarrassed, but just a little bit shy about it. And when I would, people would ask, as I started like posting things on social media, um, I would just say it was like this little side hobby, like this thing I did for fun. And within a few months of growing it and opening the business, I actually was able to match my nine to five salary at the agency. And I will say for people listening that as an agency social worker, you are not making a whole lot of money. So um, it wasn't like I had this like big six figure job that I had to replace my salary, but um, still I was able to replace it pretty quickly. And I left my nine to five, three months into opening the business um, and never looked back. And then through a bunch of different events, again, it's like, it's funny because you have this idea of what your dream job or your dream business looks like. And then through the seasons and shifts of life, um, different things come in and different opportunities arise and you just never know where they may take you. And it's about being really open to just sort of going with the flow and seeing where they take you. And for me, it brought me into this coaching place and, um, yeah, I started doing confidence and mindset coaching with female business owners, um, as a therapist, owning a business, I had a lot of other female business owners asking me like, how do you do this? How do you get yourself visible? How do you build your confidence? How do you have sales conversations with people? How do you set boundaries with clients? How do you set boundaries with your family? How do you start feeling more qualified or more ready to maybe start the business. And through all those conversations and a lot of people picking my brain over coffee, I decided to take the leap and open this other business. And I haven't looked back. And that was four years ago that I started doing the coaching. That's incredible. And I love that this all really started with a challenge that you had. You know, you said you struggled with an eating disorder and you struggled with your confidence and that made you go to therapy. And that started this entire journey for you. And I, I just think that's so cool because I know for me personally, my business journey and my journey into entrepreneurship started with a lot of setbacks, a lot of mm-hmm. things that society would look at as really negative things, but they built me up and made me who, who I am. And, and that's what started this journey for me. And so I, I just think it's so cool when I hear other women who have a a similar story like that, where something was really challenging for them. And that's what ultimately brought them into entrepreneurship because it just goes to show you that like, you can really build something out of nothing. Yeah. And, and I love too, that you mentioned that when you first started your business and kind of went off on your own, you were really shy about it and you were scared to talk about it, scared to post about it. And because I feel like so often we do that to to ourselves. We downplay whatever the big step is that we just took, because let's face it, opening your own business is a big deal. I mean, that's really scary. And, 
And it's, it's a huge step for a lot of people. And, you know, kudos to you for being able to replace your salary so quickly and growing your business and, and, you know, finally just being confident about that decision and about that process. But I know there's somebody listening right now who probably is in that place where they're like, Mm. oh, it's just a blog or, oh, it's just a, a hobby or a side hustle or a whatever. And until you make that mindset shift that this is your business and this is your baby and you've got to actually, you know, stand up for it and put some time into it and really work for it if you want it until you make that mindset shift, I think you're, you're just kind of stuck, but I feel like we all go through that process. So I'm really glad that you pointed that out because I love hearing stories like this, because to me, I hope it's the reminder to our listeners that, you know, this is just the start of whatever journey you're on, because I know that's definitely the advice I needed when I was getting started. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I actually wanted to say that with, you know, it sounds like from somebody listening in right now, like, oh my gosh, she launched her business and with th- within three months was able to quit her nine to five and match her salary. Like that's so fast. But what I want to say was that three months was the longest three months of my life and probably the most doubt filled three months of my life because it was the first, the first month I had one client. And I remember so vividly, like, just thinking maybe I shouldn't, maybe I wasn't made to do this. Like maybe I should just quit this. My phone's not ringing. Nobody's walking into my office. Like maybe this just isn't the thing for me. And then month two came along and I think I had two clients then and really doubting myself even more. And like, I guess maybe just, this just isn't for me. I guess I don't have that much to lose because I didn't invest that much money into the business nobody knows. And I'm not going to really tell anyone. And if they ask again, I'm just going to say it's a hobby because if I say it's a real business, then that means I might fail. And it wasn't until working through those fears, working through the lack of confidence and working through feeling like I'm falling flat on my face those first two months, month three was where all of the clients started to pour in. And again, for someone looking in three months to be able to start a business and leave your nine to five looks so fast, but it really wasn't that fast. And I can't tell you how many times I almost gave up. Yeah. And I think too, you know, so often we think, oh, well, she replaced her income in three months. Oh, she filled her client list in six months. Oh, she did this in a year. But you know, I love that you mentioned that was like the hardest three months you've Mm -hmm. ever had in terms of having those doubts and, and working for it. Because I feel like when we look at other people, especially, you know, if you hop on Instagram or anything like that, when we look at other people's journey, we just automatically assume that like they got up at nine o'clock and worked (laughs) until five and took a lunch break, even though they're working from home and they did that four or five days a week, and then somehow still manage to magically grow this business in three months. And that's not the case. Usually you're working like, you know, almost 24 seven, like you're really putting in the work if you want it. And, you know, you're constantly looking in the mirror saying, what if I'm not good enough? What if this doesn't work? What if I fail? And you know that you just took this really big step. So if it doesn't work, if it does fail, you know, even if you didn't invest a lot of money, you probably invested your time. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's going to be the biggest disappointment if it doesn't work out. And so I do think that first phase where you're really starting out, you're really starting to grow. It really is the hardest time in your business. And so, you know, I coach a lot of women where I'm constantly like, if you can just get through this, I promise mindset wise, it gets easier. You know, you're going to face new challenges. You're going to have new things you have to deal with and new things you have to learn. But if you can just get past this whole, what if I'm good enough thing, then it's going to be a lot easier on the other side. And, you know, there's that old quote that, you know, everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. And I think that's so true because, you know, with any big step in your life like that, those doubts and those things that you're telling yourself, that's the most important part to get over in my opinion. 100%. And I think 
what I like to tell people is we, again, like you mentioned, like we look around on social media and Instagram and it looks like everyone is reaching this success so quickly. And why is it not happening for you? So what I like to tell clients and other people who are looking around and seeing everyone with the success on social media or what they think looks like success is that typically the only thing that's different about maybe you where you're starting and where that other person is, is just time. They don't have any extra talent. Most likely they don't have um, any extra skills or training or expertise or education. Sometimes, you know, I guess you, you could even end up having more expertise as them, but the only thing that's different is that they've just been doing it longer than you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's so true. And I think, I think you're right. It all comes down to time and the work you're willing to put in. Mm. And I think so often people look at entrepreneurship and running their own business and think it's going to be so easy and they're going to get to work from home and set their own hours and be their own boss and all of these things. And all of that is true, but it's true once you get to that point where you can just work from home and set your own hours and take days off whenever you want. And, you know, even the people who really have made it where they wanted to make it and who are super successful, a lot of them tell you they work harder now than they ever did. Yeah. And, and so I think you've got to get in that mindset that number one, there's nothing wrong with you. You're perfectly fine. You're, you're good enough to do whatever this is. You just have to learn things and you've got to get through that learning curve that you have at the beginning. And number two, that you've just got to put in the work and, mm-hmm. and put it in for as long as it takes to get there. And it's going to take you a completely different amount of time than it's going to take everybody else. Some yes. people will get faster. Some people will take decades, but eventually you'll get there. If you're putting in the work, just put your head down and do the work and, you know, be confident in yourself. And, and I think that that's kind of a great segue into our conversation. And so I, the first thing I want to ask you, because confidence and, and that success mindset that you talk about, they, they really go hand in hand. So can you just kind of talk about what, in your opinion, a success mindset is and why that's so important? Like, why is it important, especially in the beginning to just keep telling yourself, I'm going to make it, I'm going to be successful. You know, I'm, worthy and deserving of this? Yeah. So success mindset for me is just resiliency, the ability to bounce back when things get really hard and when things don't go your way. And again, I think that in entrepreneurship, that is the difference between someone who we see as successful and someone who fails is just that they're able to keep on getting up. The people who we look at as super successful, they're not any more talented. And it's not that they haven't had adversity or struggles. It's just that they've been able to bounce back after struggle after struggle. And I, there's always, I always see this little, um, graphic like on social media and it shows like the mindset of an entrepreneur. And it basically like, it, it, it looks sort of like, you know, the highs, the lows, it's like you wake up in the morning. Yes. Today's going to be a beautiful day. And then you get an email and you're like down in the dumps. And I think it's just really trying to keep your eyes on the prize and on that end game and, end result of what it is that you want to achieve and reminding yourself that if you can just keep on going, you most likely will achieve what it is that you want to achieve. And I, really think that when we feel that something is the absolute hardest, and I know at times it's easy like every day to say, oh, this is the hardest, this is the hardest. But like when you are really down at the bottom, typically your breakthrough is coming. And that big thing that you have been working towards is right on the other side. And it's the people that can work through that who end up seeing it. And I know, you know, myself, there's, I mean, I think, you know, the thing with mindset is that 
whether you are just starting your business or you've been in business for 10 years or you run, you know, a multiple six-figure business or seven-figure business, it doesn't matter who you are. You are never exempt from mindset issues and feeling like you're maybe not capable of doing X, Y, and Z. Like it is always going to happen. Like they say new level, new devil. So the way that I struggled with things back when I started my first business today, you know, I can get through those types of things. Like they feel like everyday things to me, but those big things that I'm working towards, you know, I struggle with my own mindset issues with those things. Like, am I really qualified enough to do X, Y, and Z? Um, will I really have enough time to go on and work on this next project? Like no matter where you are in your business, mindset issues are going to continually come up, but it's about learning to work through them and being able to identify and say, okay, you know what? I think that I'm like blocking myself right now, or I'm getting in my own way and I need to take 10 steps back because the last time that this happened was, you know, when I launched my business or whatever, or when I launched that program and I was able to work through it by doing X, Y, and Z and just learning to sort of pause and stop yourself and realize that it's a cycle. Like it's always going to happen, but it's how you decide to respond to what's happening. Definitely. And I, I love that so much. And you said new level, new devil. And I was like, yes, that's so yeah. true. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I think when, when you're starting out, you're so worried that you're not going to be good enough to run a business. And then you get like a year in and you start getting more confident. You start getting more clients, making more money. Maybe you replace your income or you quit your nine to five or whatever. But all of a sudden it becomes like, okay, now what if I'm not good enough for this particular thing in my business? Or what yeah. if I'm not good enough for the next level? And I feel like you're, you're absolutely right. You're always doing that. And it's the same fear and it just presents itself in a new way over and over and over again. And, you know, I know entrepreneurs who have been in business for decades who still struggle with this all the time. I still struggle with this. I've been in business for six years and I still struggle with this. Mm. And, and I think you struggle with it in other parts of your life too, not just your business. And I think it's just about reminding yourself that, okay, I've had this thought before and I got through it and I worked through it and I overcame it. And I'm glad you mentioned being resilient. And I keep a journal where I write down every day what my goals are just to remind mm -hmm. myself what they are. And one of my goals is that I'm the most re resilient person that I know. And I work so hard at that because my business journey, like I said earlier, started with a really big challenge. It was born out of something that should have been negative and turned into something really positive. And so for me, that resiliency was what really started my business. And I, I truly believe that the amount of success that you have and the things that you're going to achieve is directly correlated to the amount of times that you're actually willing to stand back up. Mm. And so I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I 100% agree with that. I think you've got to be resilient. You've got to be confident. You've got to be willing to say, okay, look at everything I've come through already. So this thing that I'm facing really isn't that big of a deal. I, I feel like so often we're waiting until we get to that top level mm -hmm. and until we reach that pinnacle of success to find that door that we feel like is our breakthrough. And in reality, you know, you've got a new door for a new breakthrough every time you hit a new level. And yeah. if you're willing to look at those opportunities to, you know, really expand your horizons, really grow your mindset, really add more value and success to your life. If you're willing to look at all of those new doors as breakthroughs and stop looking for that one big breakthrough at the end of the game, then life automatically just becomes more fulfilling and your business becomes more fulfilling. And you do start to look at yourself as more successful all along the way, instead of constantly just telling yourself you're a failure for 20 years until you feel like you've made it. And 
I, I think that's the hardest part for people. I know that that was the hardest part for me in the beginning and it's something I still work on. And so I just, I totally agree with you. And I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I think with the, you know, I think it's, it's about like, I tell people do something every single day that makes you feel uncomfortable because if you're experiencing uncomfortability, if you are struggling with something, most likely it means you're not sitting still. Like if, if you are just feeling really good about your business, like I've got this, um, I'm just going to keep doing X, Y, and Z because it's super easy. Like that's not good. You want, not that you don't want to feel content, but you want to keep growing. And when new struggles come up, just know all that that means is that you're growing. You're getting to a next level. You're getting to a new place. You're about to have another breakthrough. So now, and I know I was not able to do this in the past, but like when things feel really hard and I feel like quitting, I just remind myself like this is happening because I'm growing because something else is about to happen. Something really good is about to happen. Um, and it just, it makes it a little bit easier each time. Definitely. I totally agree with that. And I think too, when you get more confident in yourself, you automatically make better decisions because you're more confident in your decision-making as well. And so let's talk about that for just a minute, because I know that's something you coach on and speak on. What should the process look like for decision-making in our business? You know, I, I feel like so often people are not making a choice because they're afraid to make the wrong one. Yeah. And especially when it comes to our business, you know, if you have taken your business full time, if you did quit a corporate job or anything like that, then you know, everything is on the line. You've got to make that money to pay your bills, to support your family, to keep that business running. And I think that really, really scares some people into actually not making decisions at all. Mm -hmm. And you can't get through business. You can't get through life without making those tough decisions sometimes. So in your opinion, what should that process look like? And what are some things that our listeners can do to be more confident in the, their own decision-making? I think at, at first it's just evaluating, like, how do you handle decision-making? And being able to acknowledge that. I think that's honestly the first step. So for some people, it's avoidance. So rather than going and trying to figure out what your next step is going to be, they just sit there in indecision and they just avoid. And all that does is make it worse. All that does is snowball everything. It doesn't help at all. And then I think other people will go and make decisions based off of what everyone else is telling them. So they're messaging their friends, they're asking their mom, they're texting their cousin, they're texting their old coworker, and they're getting everyone else's opinion but themselves. And then I think some people make decisions based off of scarcity. Like, I have to say yes to this because if I don't take this now, I'm never going to have an opportunity like this again. Or I have to, you know, take on this client because money will never come in any other way. And then I think the last way that some people make decisions is through impulse. Like, I'm just going to do this because it feels really good right now. And because doing that other thing is going to feel really uncomfortable. And sometimes that's like saying no to a really good opportunity um, because it feels really scary for you. So what I like to say to people is in order to make your best decision, it's about really just sticking to the facts. And taking a bird's eye view on what it is that you want, you need to decide on. So let's just say, okay, recently, I'll give you an example. I had um, an opportunity to do something different with my own podcast. And I had one choice to make. And I could either go this way or I could go the other way. And the way that I like to teach decision-making and I'll just like, if it's okay, I can just run through this little exercise with everyone. Absolutely. Go for it. Okay. So take a piece of like printer paper and fold it in half and then fold it in half again so that there are, and then open it up and there are four squares on the paper or rectangles on the paper, I should say. And in the top left box, 
you're going to say, you're going to put down the pros of doing, and then a blank space for whatever that is. And then, so that's the top left corner square. And then the top right corner is going to be the cons of doing. And then the bottom left is the pros of not doing. And then the bottom right is the cons of not doing. So when we're in a place of making decision, we tend to just look at the pros and the cons, right? And we don't look at the other side. And for myself, it's really difficult when I only see two choices, right? So I, I'm, just, I'm trying to think of a good example that I'm comfortable sharing where I guess, you know what, let's just do like, how about we just do this? Let's just say if somebody's new and they're thinking about starting their business, okay? So the pros of starting their business, what are all of the positives? You might feel fulfilled. You might be able to, you are going to do that thing of your dreams, right? So in that top left corner, write all of the pros of starting your business. And then in the top right corner, you're going to write all of the cons of starting your business. So it might be stressful. It might stretch you out of your comfort zone. It might cost money, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on. And then that bottom left corner, the pros of not starting your business. One is you don't have to get out of your comfort zone. You can stay comfortable. Uh, the pros of not starting your business is maybe you get to hold on to some money that you could have invested in your business. And then the cons of not starting your business in the bottom right corner. And the cons of not starting your business is never knowing what could have happened, right? Never knowing if you would have been able to maybe leave your nine to five, never knowing the impact that you could have made on other people, never knowing um, the impact you could have made on your family with whatever amount of money you could have made in that business. And I really believe when you see from a bird's eye view, all four different opportunities there, there's always going to be one on that piece of paper that's going to really stand out to you. And when you write down each one of these, do not filter yourself. Like really like write every little detail down. And I guarantee your answer will be right there. So I think sometimes, again, most of us tend to avoid making a decision because we only look at that other side of it. Like, I can't do that because of X, Y, and Z, but we don't look at all four sides. So I'd like to challenge everyone listening today to try that exercise. Um, I write about this exercise in one of the chapters of my new book, Thinking Like a Boss. And I just, I know this exercise has been something that's been really helpful for me for a decade now, back when I was in grad school, back when I was going through a lot of um, that emotional stuff with struggling with my eating disorder, you know, I use this for relationships, to be honest, like, should I stay in this relationship or should I leave? So this could be for anyone. If it's personal stuff that's going on that you need to make a decision about, if it's business, if it's career related, this is something, a tool that I think will be really helpful. I love this. <laughs> Yay. I, I did it along with you. And first of all, I'm such a list maker. I make a list for everything. Yes. I love my to-do lists. I make pro-con lists for everything. My husband used to joke with me when we started dating that I literally, he was like, I feel like you probably made a pro-con list for me. And I didn't have the yes. heart. To, I did not have the heart <laughs> to tell him that that was true. So I, I 100% love this, but I, I do believe, and you, you touched on this. I really do believe this exercise really, really works because, you know, you mentioned most people just look at the pros and the cons and I have spent my entire life making pro con lists for just about everything. And you really do. You write down the pros and you write down the cons and you leave it at that. And then it really doesn't benefit you in any kind of way because you already knew the pros and cons before yeah. you wrote it down and you're not actually comparing anything. And if you're like me, you will sit there for 20 minutes trying to think of one more pro or one more con so that you can even out the list. Yes. 
just so that you can walk away going, well, that didn't help. And I'm still confused. And this way, I feel like you're getting so much more detailed. And I love that you pointed out that one of those things is going to stick out to you and resonate with you. Because I feel like if you're really getting that detailed, if you're not only writing down the pros and cons of doing the thing, but also the pros and cons of not doing the thing, and you're really letting yourself be objective, trying not to filter yourself and really taking the exercise seriously, I feel like you're almost guaranteed to give yourself an answer, like you said. And I just feel like it's going to be so much more powerful that way because you're not letting fear control the exercise. Mm -hmm. Because if you're just writing down pros and cons, your con list is going to be everything you're afraid of if you try the thing. But when you're starting to talk about, well, what are the pros of me not doing it? What are the cons of me not doing it? All of a sudden, you're kind of putting that fear aside a little bit and being a little more objective. So I love this exercise. I'm glad that you did this. And that's such a, I mean, that's a quick little thing you can do in a couple of minutes. So I feel like that that's an easy, like daily check-in for the things that you're doing. So I love that. I just love it. I'm so happy. Yeah. I, so I recently used it for, again, it was something, a decision I need to make around my podcast. And the funny thing was like my heart was telling me to do something. And then when I actually sat down and uh, put everything on paper, like the reality of the situation, like it was really my emotions that was that were driving me to make that one decision. And I was so close to making that one decision and it totally would have been the wrong decision for me. And thank God I sat down and did this because I realized it was more of like a decision from like, I don't know, like almost like, I don't want to say ego, but maybe ego. Like I want to do this because like, maybe this will get me further ahead. Right. And like, rather it was more of a a decision, making a decision from a place of, I would say more from scarcity, right? Like I have to do this in order for it to be successful. Where when I sat down, I was like, you know what? I'm successful right where I am. And I don't need X, Y, and Z to help my podcast or whatever it is, get me to where I want to go. So I think it's like just a really way to get a really great way to get honest with yourself. And it's like having a little built-in therapist and a built-in unbiased opinion um, from the piece of paper to you. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like we said earlier, you, you never stop this process. You know, you constantly Mm -mm. have to work on your mindset. You're constantly going to be making decisions to be perfectly honest in business. I feel like the decisions get harder as you go. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's really really difficult to make that decision to start a business, to leave your nine to five, to do all of those things. I'm not discounting that in any way. I think that's so difficult, but when you get five, six, eight, ten 10 years into a business and everything really is on the line, cause you've been gone for that, from that corporate job for so long, you can't possibly go back. You you know, you have to make these decisions about marketing, about clients, about whether or not to, to pivot in this area. You have to make these decisions all the time. And I feel like they get harder because there's more on the line. And on top of that, you're still dealing with those mindset issues all the time. And so that's what I like about this is it was just kind of a nice little check-in. And I feel like, you know, you said you almost made this decision that was more emotional. Sometimes you need to make decisions that are more emotional. You know, you put logic aside and and just sort of follow your heart, but sometimes those are dumb decisions. And sometimes you you need to be more logical. You need to think of what is the reasonable response and the reasonable thing to do. And a lot of people have those situations where they're like, oh, I really want to do this thing. I think it's going to, it's going to make my business. It's going to make my career. I need to do it because like you said earlier, I might never get another opportunity but it's going to cost me a lot of money and it's going to put my family into debt and we might not be able to eat next month. That's not a good decision. That's an emotional decision yeah. and it's not logical, but sometimes, and I'm, I'm super guilty of this. Sometimes you can be too logical and you know, you're not following your heart. You're not doing the thing you really want to do because you're so focused on what 
the logical, reasonable thing is to do. And my husband reminds me of that all the time. He's like, well, what do you really want to do? And I'm like, well, it doesn't matter what I want to do. This is the logical thing to do. And he's like, no, but what do you want to do? And so I feel like there's got to be a balance between those, those more head focused and more heart focused decisions. And so that's what I love about the exercise is that it just took all of that out of it altogether. I love your husband, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Such a good guy. He's a keeper for sure. And he's, he's the opposite. He tends to sometimes make more emotional decisions. And sometimes I have to be the reminder that, Hey, um, by the way, we don't have money for this, or by the way, you don't have time for this or, you know, whatever. And so for the, for us, I think that's great. We balance each other out, but Mm -hmm. if you don't have somebody to balance you out like that, then you've got to find a way to balance out yourself. And I think this exercise did that. And one thing you mentioned, you know, was when you're talking about it being a more emotional decision and being based on your ego, you know, you said earlier, it might be out of scarcity. It might be you looking at what everybody else is doing. And I feel like that's just a reminder too, because I see all the time people posting in Facebook groups, especially where they're like, here's this thing that I have an opportunity to do in my business, who thinks I should do it? Or (laughs) is this a good idea? Or, you know, which of these options do you think I should pick? And I'm constantly like, I understand crowdsourcing opinions. I really do. I think, I think there's a time and place for it. I think it's okay to get other people's opinions, but I think you have to go into that sort of already having an idea of how you feel. Mm. So and I feel like you have to be very picky about which situations you decide to to outsource opinions on. Because they know? might not be your ideal client. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, don't post in a Facebook group with 10,000 people Yeah. where 9,000 of them are definitely not your ideal <sighs> client and the other thousand are questionable and ask for opinions. It's not going to work. And so I really love this. I'm just, I keep saying that, but I really love this. And I, I think... I think this is a really great step in making those decisions and making the right ones for yourself and not based on what everybody else is doing and not based on what other people think you should do. And I think the more that you do this and the more you make those good decisions, suddenly the more confident you become in your decisions. And when you're more confident in your, in your decisions, you become more confident in yourself. And I think it's just all this ripple effect because when you're more confident in yourself, you automatically feel more successful. So then you become more successful and then more opportunities happen for you. And I, I just think that one little tiny change of just deciding, okay, I'm going to make the decisions that I need to make and I'm going to do them in a way that makes sense for me and not for anybody else. That's going to have such a big ripple effect on your mindset, on your life, on your business that I think you'll be amazed what ends up happening just from that one tiny decision. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I think this is a great stopping point. I feel like this was such an amazing conversation. I feel yeah. like I could probably talk to you all day about this. So we probably have to stop <laughs> somewhere. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much because like I said, I really do feel like this was an amazing conversation. I hope our listeners really got something out of this. I think at the very least having that exercise that you just walked them through mm. to revisit when they need to make big, tough decisions. I mean, that alone is worth so much. And so I hope they at least got that out of this conversation, if nothing else, but I can't imagine that you wouldn't get something else because there were so many good little nuggets in here. Thank you so much. I also just want to say when you make your decision, check in with your heart too. Because I think that we all know deep down what the right decision is that we're supposed to make. And I think it's the doubt that sort of gets in the way. So do this exercise and then really just check in with yourself and make sure it's a hundred percent. And again, this exercise, it's never steered me wrong. And when you can just get really honest with yourself, you are going to feel so confident. Like this will be like every decision I make now, I just, I feel so good. It's so freeing. Cause I'm like, 
this was 100% the right decision. And sometimes it's not the decision that I actually want to make, but I walk away so confident because I know it's right. I love that. I think that's so, so, so true. And just a super great note to add on. So thank you for adding that because I definitely think that's important. Yeah. Well, since it's the end of the episode, I do have a quick little lightning round that I always do with our guests just to end the episode in a fun way. So are you ready? Yeah. Right. What is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? Check my phone. (laughs) I hate to admit that, but it's always check my phone. No, we get so many of those and I'm so guilty of it too. And so I, I say that all the time. I'm constantly like, yep, everybody checks their phone. Every once in a while we get somebody who has this amazing morning routine and I'm like, I'm so jealous. I wish, but I don't know how you live in the world we live in today and not check your phone yeah. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What is the last book that you read? Ooh, this is a hard answer because I'm the type of person that has probably five books open at once. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. Let's just say the last book that I, should I say finished or that I'm, that I actually had in my hand that I was reading? Up to you. Up to you. I'll say finished because that actually feels good to be able to say I finished a book because it takes me months to finish a book. (laughs) So a book that was actually from my same, uh, the same publisher that I have Baker Books. um, And it's by Jessica Turner and it's called Stretch Too Thin. And it's a really good book um, for moms about setting boundaries Um, really just trying to live your life from a place that's not stretched Um, and just learning to sort of reorganize things a little bit so that you can have a more fulfilling life with your family. I love that. I'll definitely have to check that one out because that sounds really good. And I think all women, all entrepreneurs, anybody listening to the show can absolutely relate to being stretched. Yeah. So that's probably a really fantastic book for our listeners. Awesome. Well, what is one item that you recommend to everybody? So this can be anything you want. It can be a product, a service, just something that you use all the time that you absolutely love and love to tell people about. Okay. So my favorite product, I'm going to share a little secret with you, is dry shampoo. I probably only wash my hair every six to seven days mom problems, entrepreneur <laughs> problems too. Um, I, w- I would rather spend the time either spending it with my family or working in the business. So dry shampoo. I spray it in all the time. I love it. I love it. I can 100% relate. I practically live in sweatpants and a few select t-shirts because Take changing clothes just takes too long. And I have other things I would rather be doing and nobody's going to see me anyway. So I 100% relate. I feel like everyone relates whether they want to admit it or not. Yes. Awesome. All right. Last question. What is either your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? I guess. All right. I don't know why this is just, these two words are coming to me right now, but just the question of why not. Mm, I love that. Right? I, I talk about saying why not all the time. It's really? one of my, yeah, it's one of my like signature talks when I go and speak. at How fun. So I had no idea amazing that you said that. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know why, because I've actually never, I don't think I've actually ever said that out loud before. Like the two words, why not? But it just came to me. I'm like, why not? Like, why not just go for it? Why not just get started? Why not just try? Cause you never know what can happen. I freaking love that. And gosh, that's so powerful. Like, yeah. What are the odds that that would, I know on my show. That's amazing. Cause yeah, I, I talk all the time about, I call it from what if to why not and talk all the time about, you know, to stop saying, what if I could do this? What if I had that? And just start saying, why not me? Why not this? Why not now? And so I love that. I absolutely love that. It's probably wow. one of my favorites in a while because it's, it's two words and it's so, so, so powerful. Yeah. I'm so glad that I, 
that one came to mind. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> well, tell everybody where they can find you. What's your website, your social media? Definitely remind them about your podcast and your book and just yeah. tell them all the places. So my website is just katecracko.com, K-A-T-E-C-R-O-C-C-O. Um, that's the same. My Instagram, Kate Krakow. I love Instagram stories. I'm always hanging out over there. I have the thinking like a boss podcast, which would love to hear from you guys. And, uh, there's a thinking like a boss podcast, Instagram channel. And then to just to keep it easy, my book that is publishing with Baker books in February is also called, called thinking like a boss. And it's available right now for pre-order on Amazon, any major bookstore, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. Yeah, it's it's ready to be birthed in the world. Excellent. And we will definitely link your podcast and your book in the show notes. Thank you. If you're listening and you want to snag a copy and give it a read, you should definitely head over to the show notes and grab it because I'm sure that it's amazing and it has so much more of Kate's awesome, awesome insight. Thank you. So Kate, thank you so, so much again, just for coming on here and sharing your wisdom and being so inspirational. I really, really love this conversation. And I feel like, you know, this is a business and personal development show. And I feel like you can't have one without the other. Mm. Um, not well anyway. And I feel like so often when I get to have these more personal development conversations and talk more about mindset and just heart centered things, it's, my favorite conversations. So I'm so, so glad that I found you and we connected and, and that you yeah. can come on here and just share all of your wisdom because I truly, truly believe that this is going to help so many people. Thank you so much. Well, ladies, that's it for this time, but don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.